0: Are you ready? Let me say that again. Are you ready? All right. You're alive and well. You're here. Thank you. Good to see you. We continue our series, A Cast of Christmas. Have you ever wondered why? Why? The why of Christmas? We know that Christmas is to be celebrated during this season, in the month of December after Thanksgiving, but why? Uh, And... I can say that as Americans, we pride ourselves in doing Christmas upright. Tons of gifts, big holiday feast, huge trees, lights on the houses. USA, baby. We know how to do it up for Christmas, don't we? But here are some other ways that people prepare for the celebration of Christmas. In Italy, they have no Christmas trees. Instead, they decorate Small wooden pyramids with fruit. In Caracas, or Caracas, the capital city of Venezuela, it is customary for the streets to be blocked off on Christmas Eve so that the people can roller skate to church. Isn't that cool? (laughs) An artificial spider and web are often included in the decorations on Ukrainian Christmas trees. A spider web found on Christmas morning is believed to bring good luck. It is a British Christmas tradition that a wish made while mixing the Christmas pudding will come true only if the ingredients are stirred in the clockwise direction. Sending red Christmas cards to anyone in Japan contributes or constitutes bad etiquette since funeral notices there are customarily printed in red. And in Yugoslavia, on the second Sunday before Christmas, children creep in and tie their mother's feet to a chair, shouting, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, what will you pay to get away? She then... Gives them presents. Children play the same trick on their father the following week and get more presents. Incidentally, we've already informed our children's ministry leaders to let their children know this. So mamas today, get ready. Your feet are about to be tied. (laughs) Now, there's a holiday trend literally started that literally started turning a traditional Christmas celebration upside down back in the early 2000s. Hammacker Schlemler, Schlemmer, a retail company based in New York, offered a unique Yuletide decoration, the upside-down Christmas tree, standing at seven feet tall and pre-lit with over 800 commercial-grade lights. This technological marvel would be yours back then for the low price of $599 with 95 cents. You ever ask yourself, why just not put 600? Right? Right, That's, that's just me. But the question is, but why would anyone want an upside-down Christmas tree? According to their website, the inverted shape makes it easier to see ornaments which hang away from the dense needles while allowing more room for the accumulation of presents underneath. (laughs) There's the proof. By the way, now you can get it as low as under a hundred bucks. I know some of you are like, I'm going to go find that tree. I want more gifts. Now the question again is, why Christmas? Much of the world takes a moment to pause for this holiday. Even though many people don't really know why. When we look at the first proclamation of Christmas that came from heaven to earth through the voices of angels speaking to the shepherds, we are reminded of the why behind all the things that we are doing during this season. And these angels, when they declared the coming of the Messiah, they were proclaiming the peace. They were proclaiming the peace. Look with me at what the angels declared in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, and I'm reading out of the NIV. Luke chapter 2, 13 and 14 says, Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. Now, earlier in this passage, specifically in verses 9 through 11, one angel explained this good news of great joy for all people, that the Messiah had been born in Bethlehem. It's important to understand that the peace the angels proclaimed was not a proclamation of world peace or a declaration of the end of strife and war. It was not a direct announcement that we can now get along with our neighbors. It's actually much bigger and much more important than any of that. Through Jesus, the barrier of sin has been removed. Now we have a relationship and peace with God. The peace on earth That Jesus brings is foremost the peace that we can have with God through Christ. Watch this. This peace comes from faith in Jesus and the forgiveness that follows. We can see an example of this in the woman that is mentioned in Luke's gospel in chapter 7. Who lived, according to verse 37, a sinful life. She washed Jesus' feet with her tears and her hair. And in verse 48, Jesus tells her, Your sins are forgiven. Then, in verse 50, Jesus concludes with, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Because of the forgiveness of sins, we have peace with God. No wonder the angels declared, Glory to God. Him the highest. And I want to say to you today, maybe you feel... undervalued or you feel that you're not worthy or you feel that you know what I cannot enjoy this Christmas season spiritually because I've fallen short of the expectations that I feel that God has for my life or maybe today you are disturbed in your heart and soul because the enemy keeps bringing up your past and your shortcoming but friend I want you to understand if you have put your faith in Jesus Jesus Christ and what he did the Bible says in Romans 5 1 therefore being justified by faith we have that is present tense we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ the angels declared that this peace belongs to those on whom God's favor rests. in its exploration of this passage the expositor's Bible commentary says those on whom God's favor rests are the little children, to whom God graciously reveals truth according to his good pleasure. It offers an example of this in Luke ten twenty one, where we find the seventy two followers whom Jesus sent out to minister, return to him with amazing stories of power and ministry. Jesus then says this in Luke's gospel. He says this. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do the Lord's favor rests on those who receive the truth and forgiveness of Jesus. As a result, they pass that truth along to others. So we see the angels were proclaiming the peace. And when you and I put our faith in Jesus Christ for what he did for us, because I want you to understand today, you don't have to penalize yourself. You don't have to punish yourself because of the sins that you have committed. Because the moment that you come to God and you look to Jesus and you acknowledge that He paid the payment for your sins, at that moment, peace with God is established. You don't have to try to restore your own life. You don't have to try to make things right with God. What you and I have to do is simply put our faith in what Jesus did. Because when He said, it is finished, He said, the payment for your sins, debt has been paid in full. That's what he was declaring. And so you don't have to punish yourself anymore. You simply have to receive his peace today. And once you and I receive it, then the responsibility is to live for passing the peace. Passing the peace. Because Jesus brought us peace with God. One of the greatest responses we can have to the amazing news is to become peace proclaimers in all of our Christmas traditions, preparations, and celebrations. Now, the truth is this. Most families experience relational pressure and difficulties during this season. Mm. Nearly every family gathering has at least one relative who requires extra grace. If you don't know which relative that is, it's probably you. For many families, Advent and Christmas actually bring more strife and conflict rather than less. And as the ones who have received peace with God through Jesus, we right now in this season have a special opportunity to proclaim peace in our families in a similar way into how the angels proclaim peace to us. In Matthew 5, 9, Jesus tells us, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This passage shows us that those who count themselves to be children of God join Him in the work of proclaiming His peace and making peace with others. But I want to make it clear today. Peacemaking is not... The same thing as peacekeeping. Peacemaking is not the same thing as peacekeeping. When Jesus brought us peace with God, He didn't create an uneasy truce. He brought us back into unity and harmony with God. Jesus didn't tolerate us. He restored us. He didn't make a way. To endure being with us. He made a way to be near to us. And develop a love relationship with us. Now toward the beginning of this year. The United Nations had 16 peacekeeping operations around the world. This is how the United Nations explains what they do in these operations. And I quote. Our peacekeepers... They help prevent conflict to reduce human suffering, build stable and prosperous societies, and enable people to reach their full potential. Now, we all hope they're moving toward peacemaking, but peacekeeping is just preventing people from acting out the hate that is in their hearts. It tries to prevent conflict. And keeps people from destroying each other. Peacemaking goes much deeper... Peacemaking is what God did for us through sending Jesus. Peacemaking restores relationship. Peacemaking, it brings harmony. It goes beyond just avoiding and separating conflict and brings restoration, relationship, and unity. Jesus made lasting and restorative peace between us and God. And aren't you glad that the angels didn't proclaim and on earth, tolerance to those whom He decided to endure. Aren't you glad the angels didn't proclaim, and on earth, God puts up with those on whom His favor rests? Instead, He brought us true peace with God. He brought us true peace with God. Again, there was a separation between God and I. Not because of God's doing. But because of what I did when I disobeyed God, it created a chasm. It created a gulf between God and I. But God, through the cross of Jesus, said, I'm going to close that chasm. I'm going to close that gap. I'm going to close that gulf. I'm going to send my son Jesus and he will reconcile you back to me. He will restore you to right relationship with me so that you can have peace with me. So that even when you feel worthless, when you feel not good enough, you can be at peace knowing that I have, I look at you just as if you didn't sin because my son Jesus paid for all your sins. For many of us, the Christmas season is a reminder. Of the lack of peace we have in our families and our lives. Many of us have conflicts with parents, children, brothers and sisters. Where we just want to survive the holidays. Without the same old fights and antics we experience every year. Many of us are struggling to keep it together and try to cling to whatever peace we can hold on to in our hearts until The season is over. But I want to say to you today, there's more for you than that this Christmas season. As a son or daughter of God brought to God through Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection, you don't have to be a peacekeeper who has to try to survive the holidays. Instead, you can proclaim the good news of Jesus by being a peacemaker who lives, brings and proclaims a peace that transforms and lasts. No matter the storms that may erupt during this Christmas season, I want to remind you, Jesus gave you the authority He had, that same authority He had when He told his, His disciple, let us cross over to the other side, and in the midst of the journey, a storm rises. They wake Jesus up. Jesus did not give in to the storm. He spoke to it, and what did he speak? Peace be still. You have that same authority, child of God. Yes, I'm not going to deny the reality that conflicts may arise. I'm not going to deny the reality that somebody may say something dumb at the family gathering during this season. But you, child of God, you have authority on the inside where you don't have to allow the outside storm to become an inside storm. And more than that, you can speak to the outside storm. Peace be muzzled. And it must obey you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Woo! Now, if you don't know, I, I I love I love humor. I love humor. If you didn't know that by now, I love humor. And and, and I love I love I love the Peanuts cartoons.
1: Anybody in Peanuts cartoons? I didn't say I love peanuts. Some think, you know, no, peanuts and and you know Snoopy and Charlie
0: Brown. Well. Uh, there, there's a caption or there's a cartoon strip with Lucy and Charlie Brown. It's Christmas time and Lucy comes in where Charlie Brown is standing and she says this. Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Tis the season of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Therefore, I suggest we forget all our differences and love one another. Charlie Brown, whose face lights up at this, says, that's wonderful, Lucy. I'm so glad you said that. But tell me. Do we have to love each other only at this season of the year? Why can't we love each other all year long? Lucy responds, What are you? A fanatic or something? (laughs) Now, a peacemaker who is working to proclaim Jesus will try to get beyond the rough exterior. A peacemaker will show mercy remembering that even more than our opinions, everybody ultimately needs Jesus. You and I are not called to argue a person into relationship with Jesus. Instead, we are called to love them into the kingdom of God. Now certainly, love is tough, but sometimes love is quiet and just listens. So I want to challenge you, This Christmas season, in the midst of all the traditions, celebrations, and connections this season, don't forget how precious people are to God. Even the most belligerent, the most difficult, and draining people are precious to God. So much so that Jesus came to earth so that they also could have peace with God. Man, y'all quiet because y'all y'all telling me you're quiet and yeah, that you probably do have a cousin Eddie in your family, you know cousin Eddie, anybody see Chevy Chase's Christmas vacation, you know cousin Eddie, from the moment that he drives up in his rV with his family coming over, what a nuisance. What an annoyance he was. You know, that person who feels that their job is to try your patience. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. There was a man and his wife that were awakened at 3 o'clock in the morning by a loud pounding on the door. The man of the house gets up and he goes to the door where a drunken stranger in the pouring rain is asking for a push. Not a chance, says the husband. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. He slams the door and returns to bed. Who was it? Asked his wife. Just a drunken stranger asking for a push. He answers, did you help him? She asked, no, I didn't help him. It's 3 o'clock in the morning and it's raining out there. Well, you've got a short memory. Says his wife, can't you remember about three months ago when we broke down on vacation and those two guys helped us out? I think you should help them. So the man does as he's told and he gets stressed and he goes out into the pouring rain and he he calls out in the dark. Hello, are you still there? Yes, comes the answer. Do you still want to push? Yes, please. Comes a reply from the drunk Where are you? asks the man. Over here on the swing, replies the drunk. (laughs) We all have to deal with people that will try our patience. Hmm. Again, let me call your attention. To the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they, who? Peacemakers. They will be called children of God. But watch. Look how the Passion Translation puts it. How joyful you are when you make peace. For then you will be recognized as a true child In other words, when you and I live as peacemakers, we best reflect the character of God. When we live as peacemakers, people will identify us as children of God because it's a tall, it's a telltale sign that we truly are following the way of our Heavenly Father by being peacemakers. So we see the proclaiming the peace done by the angels. And then we are called to be passing the peace. But here's the reality. You and I cannot pass the peace unless we possess the peace. Possessing the peace. Before you can proclaim peace, you first need to possess it. Now understand, no one expects you to be perfect. However, it's difficult to proclaim The message of God's peace when we are stressed out, overwhelmed, and exhausted. Our proclamation must first begin with us accepting and embracing the peace we have in God. I want to make this clear today that you as a child of God have to get this settled. You have to get this established that you cannot do enough good works to earn peace with God. Because our good works, the Bible says, they're like filthy rags. They stink. And they'll never measure up to being enough to make us right with God. I want to establish this because even in the Christian church, we take on a penance mentality. If I do good enough, then I'll be right with God again. No. The only thing that places me in right standing with God is what Jesus did not what I do. The devil will play with you and your mind all day long by trying to make you think you've got to earn en- you've got to earn the right number of demerits. You've got to earn the right number of power of uh, uh, brownie points. You've got to do the right things in order to get right with God. No, you don't. If you could and I could, then why would Jesus have to come? He came to bring about what was necessary to be right with God and the sooner you and I embrace that reality the sooner we will have a weapon in hand by which to defeat the accuser of our lives the devil
1: because he can't stand up to a believer who knows where they stand before God because of Jesus
0: but here's the thing There's another part of God's peace. It's the peace of God. The peace of God is that inner sense of calmness, of assurance, of knowing with certitude that God has it all under control. The peace of God is that sense of knowing within That no matter what is happening in my world, all things work together for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose, the peace of God. And here's what I want to get across to you today, because I know many believers who have peace with God, but they don't have the peace of God. They are stressed out. They are overwhelmed. They find themselves exhausted emotionally, physically, mentally, and they can't find themselves at a place of having a calm inner assurance that no matter what's going on, God will have the ultimate word and God will work on their behalf. So the thing is, how can I experience the peace of God? How can I experience it, Pastor, in this season where there is much stress and much trouble abounding even in our world today? I'll tell you how. First, turn your worries into prayers. Turn your worries into prayers. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in the New Living Translation says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Pray. About what? Everything. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for all He has done. Then, say then. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Watch. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Think about it. While your neighbor... While your loved one, while someone around you is freaking out, God promises you a peace that will guard your heart and mind, will keep you stable, will keep you in certainty that He's going to work everything out for good. If you will turn those worries into prayer, I want to challenge you today. Instead of talking about your worries, talk to your worries about your God and present them to Almighty God and declare that you are grateful for what He's done and you will experience a change in your life. How can I experience the peace of God? Turn your worries into prayers and then secondly turn to the Bible before you turn on your TV or turn to Facebook Snapchat Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Marco, before you turn to any of that stuff, turn to the Bible. Before you turn on the radio in the car to hear what's happening in the world... Before you turn on the television, and some of you already have it queued up every morning to put on the news channel of your liking. Before you do that, turn to the Bible. Before you get to the bad news, go to the good news found in God's Word that will remind you that no matter what's happening in this world, our God reigns. The Bible will remind you that He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. The Bible will remind you that throughout the centuries of time, in every season, in every time period, He has proven time and time again, kingdoms rise. And kingdoms fall, but his kingdom continues moving onward, and his purposes are realized, and his promises are fulfilled. In Psalm one nineteen, one hundred sixty-five, it says, There is such a great peace and well being that comes to the lovers of your word,
1: and they will never be what? Offended. You hurt me. And then they stay hurt for years or months. And I'm telling you, when you take in God's Word, you don't live in offense. You live in freedom. I'm telling you. You live in freedom. One more thing. To experience the peace of God. Turn to thinking about God instead of gloom. Turn to thinking
0: about God instead of gloom. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace. What kind of peace? All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always. For the Lord God is the eternal rock. I want to encourage you to turn your thoughts to God. Fix them on God instead of on gloom. How do you do that, Pastor? Every day, not just on Saturday, prepping for Sunday. I have to make a conscious choice beginning my week on Monday I began by reviewing rehearsing, repeating who God is I remind myself today Lord, I praise you that you, you are my provider Jehovah Jireh I thank you that even before I have a need you already know it and you make provision for it I praise you today Lord that you are Jehovah Rapha you are my healer and you are my all around healer you heal every manner of sickness and disease. You promised in your word, in Jeremiah, I will restore health unto you and I will heal you of your wounds. You said in Jeremiah, I will heal you of your backslidings. You said in Luke's gospel chapter 4, you came to heal the brokenhearted. I praise you that you are my healer. I praise you that you are my banner of victory, Jehovah Nissi. I thank you that in the midst of my spiritual warfare, you are my assurance that victory is mine. For your word says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you according to Romans eight thirty seven in all in the midst of everything, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. And I continue on and I say, Lord, you are the one who sanctifies me. You separate me from sin and evil, Jehovah Makedus, and you set me apart for your sacred purpose through the blood of Jesus, through the washing of water by the Word, and through the Spirit of life. You break sin's power in me and you enable me to live a Holy life and to be spiritually and morally pure. I thank you today that you are Jehovah Shalom. You're the Lord, my peace. And through the blood of Jesus cross, I have peace with you, peace with others and peace within. I thank you today that you are Jehovah Roi. You are the Lord, my shepherd. You're the good shepherd who has laid down his life for the sheep. You're the great shepherd who lives and intercedes for the sheep. You're the chief shepherd who shall return and reward the sheep. I thank you that you are Jehovah Sid Canu. You're the Lord, my righteousness. I am am right with you because of Jesus. You made him who knew no sin to become sin for me so that I could be made the righteousness of God in him. And I thank you that you are Jehovah Shammah, the overflowing, ever-present one, the Lord who is there. I thank you that as I leave my house today, I am not going alone because you have said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, so that I may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what can mere man do unto me. I thank you that you are Jehovah Sabbath, Oath. You are the Lord of hosts, you're the Lord of heaven's armies. I thank you that you will give your angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They will bear me up in their hands lest my foot dash against a stone. I thank you today that the angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear you and delivers them. I thank you that more are those that be with me than those that be against me. Woo! I'm telling you, by the time I'm done, then I stand and I look the devil what you want some of this and it's not because i've been looking at a mirror telling myself how wonderful i am no i've been looking up telling him how wonderful and mighty he is renewing my mind are you ready this season i believe god wants you to have the most peaceful season He doesn't want you stressed out, overwhelmed, exhausted. He wants you and I to experience joy and peace, shalom, well-being, wholeness, completeness. I told them in color. When I was growing up, I don't know if this happened to you, but back in the day, we were poor. We were poor. And the first church my dad pastor was in Stockton, California, and the parsonage was right behind the church. And it was this little rinky-dinky church and I, a, a, a church a parsonage. And and thank God for those days because I learned lessons. But I also learned how to make friends with uh, the pincher spiders because there were plenty of them. I learned how to make I didn't make, I didn't make friends. I made enemies of mice. I hate mice. And there would be mice running around. But there was also cucarachas, cockroaches. And you know how it is, you know, you know, when you get, when you, you have company, you have company in, that comes over, a cucaracha, a cockroach can mess up the peace of that gathering, right? But I had a mama who knew, to, knew how to handle cucarachas, cockroaches. She had a quick foot. And so a cockroach could be showing up in our house and she'd just be there. And I knew what was happening. She wasn't dancing or anything, and she wasn't. Now, she wasn't doing that. She was taking care of the cucarachas, but she was smooth. You know, she she could grab a a, a, a a Kleenex, or she could she could grab a paper towel, and you know, after she move on back to the trash can dropping, and nobody knew what was happening. I knew what was happening. Mom was taking care of the cockroach because she wanted the peace to remain. And I thought about that this morning when I was praying. In Romans 16, 20, Paul writes, And the God of peace will crush Satan underneath your feet shortly. Watch this. Shortly, we think, oh, in the future. No, that word shortly means short and quick steps. So it's saying whenever the devil decides to show up with his cockroaches... His demons. Child of God, you've been authorized. I wanted to be a tap dancer, by the way. Can you tell? So I want you to understand, there's going to be some stuff. There's going to be some cockroaches that are going to show up during this Christmas season. But don't tolerate them. Don't endure them. You've been authorized to crush those things and to live in the ongoing peace of God this season. You are not a victim to the pressures of this world. You are victorious in spite of them. Let the Lord of peace in you rise up. It's your, it's your inheritance. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, for the peace. That has come. And your peace is not a product. Your peace is a person. His name is Jesus. The Prince of Peace. And I thank you. That your peace. Can
1: be known in the midst of the storm. Your peace. Can be known in the midst of a crisis.
0: A mother loses her child to heat stroke. In 2 Kings 4, your word says. And then she takes off to go find the man of God, Elisha. And her husband says, where are you going? She says, shalom, peace. She comes to where the prophet is and his servant comes out and says, is everything well? Again, she says, shalom, it is well. It's There's
1: peace. Yet her son lies dead back home. How could she say it is well? Shalom, peace. Because that's what you give your children. That in the midst of pain, we can have a peace that passes all understanding. In the midst of loss, we can have the assurance that if we look to you... You will restore what has been eaten away. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. That's your shalom. That's your well-being. I'm going to ask our prayer warriors, make your way up here now and stand at this altar. Today's assignment, I feel, from God is to pray for those of you that say, Pastor, during this season, I need God's peace I know I have peace with Him, but I want the peace of God. I want that assurance, that confidence, that certainty within that makes my soul declare with assurance, it is well, that confirms it to my heart, it is well, it is well. That God is truly working all things for good. As I love Him. I'm inviting you right now. If you need the peace of God during this season, come. Make your way forward. We want to pray with you. We want to agree with you. I believe that as you come and do what Philippians 4, 6 says. As you come and instead of worrying about what's been wearing you and wearing you down. As you come and you bring your worries. And you turn them into prayers and you come in and pray with agreement god is going to flood your soul with his peace and the peace that you're going to experience is going to be a, a safeguard in your mind a safeguard in your heart i want the peace of god come i need the peace of god during this season pastor come this is your moment If you're here today and you say, you know what? I don't even have peace with God. I have not received the forgiveness that God makes available, but I know I need to be forgiven. You come as well. We'll pray with you and you will not only have peace with God, you will experience the peace of God in the process. Come. This is your moment. Come. Thank you, Jesus.